Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk, a new series of candid conversations covering the issues facing freelance professionals today. I'm Tom Rizzo, your host, managing director and founder of Plectrum Advisors, an investment advisory firm based in Los Angeles. On each episode of Let's Talk, I'll be speaking with some of the most plugged in experts to help you and me make sense of today's changing environment and to help you be smarter about how to approach work and life. So let's get started. Our guest this week is John Bishop, founder of the jazz and classical record label, Origin Records, based in Seattle. Many of you are already familiar with the great work John's done to help jazz and classical artists get their music heard and distributed worldwide. Today, we'll talk to John about how the label works and how he came to create it. John is also a first-rate drummer, having worked with people such as Bobby McFerrin, Lee Konitz, Slide Hampton, Benny Golson, Jessica Williams, Kenny Werner, Bobby Hutcherson, Dr. Lonnie Smith, Julian Priester, Ernestine Anderson, Buddy DeFranco, Joanne Brackeen, Carla Blay, Steve Swallow, Sonny Fortune, and countless others. He's also a regular member of Hal Garper's Jazz Trio. I'm so very happy that John could join us today. Welcome, John. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Great to be with you. Nice to see you. Likewise. Um, I think the last time I saw you in person was several years ago at uh, Jazz Fest or something up in uh, San Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazz Week conference. Yes, uh, but uh, COVID has kept us apart, but uh, now here we are. It's brutal times. Uh, it is brutal times. Well, we're, we're, we're trying to make good things out of this. Uh, Indeed. I think uh, there are uh, probably a, a fair number of people in our audience that are familiar with Origin Records and what you do, but there are probably a fair number that don't know about you. So could you speak a little bit about what it is you do with this company and tell us why you decided to get into this? Yeah, in, in, indeed. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's always strange to, uh, yeah, try to put a, a storyline behind it because it's basically just a guy who's a drummer who kind of stumbled into this and that. And then here we are quite a few years later and there's a record label attached to it. So um, basically at this point where we're at is I have a uh, jazz label that's got uh, about 360 artists connected with it, 700 recordings. Uh, we started a classical label a few years ago that's uh, been going another jazz label, OA2 Records that started 20 years ago. Uh, we uh, do a jazz festival once a year up here for the last 20 years. Um, and then we just get involved with stuff. Working back from that, uh, basically, I just, uh, this whole label developed out of uh, me being a drummer, needing to have an outlet for music. Uh, I slowly got into doing graphics for things back in the 90s and um, got a computer and started doing graphics because, you know, bands, we needed posters, we needed cassette covers, we needed whatever. Um, so I got into designing CD covers. And uh, from doing the CD covers and production of my own things, I ended up doing them for friends and then 
for a couple of uh, like uh, production houses, I would do CD cover design. Anyway, just figured out that uh, that's uh, uh, something that musicians need. It's certainly what I needed. All my friends who are musicians needed it. So I had this thing that could help. So that was the starting point of all of this. There was no plan to start a business. There was no plan to, uh, you know, uh, really turn it into anything. If I probably, uh, even within five years of starting the label, if I had gotten a call to go on the road for, you know, six months, I would have just gone. But so, you know, it's, it's not like it was a firm decision, like, uh, this is my new life. This is who I am. But uh, it's definitely turned out that way as uh, it just kind of steamrolled after five, six years where, um, you know, the, uh, the whole point of the label was helping out musicians who were already in the process of doing a record. It wasn't me going out and finding somebody going, oh, you should do a record. Here's some cash. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Let's take you and record you. It was all musicians who were already in process. They were, they were, it was forward momentum. And then uh, they knew that I did this thing. And it was like, ah, this would be a great help for me right now at, at this moment. So for each one of these projects that came along, there was this energy behind it at the moment. Um, so I kind of like let that carry me and carry the label. It's just when you've got, uh, you know, four or five of those a month and you've just got this movement going, um, uh, a lot of this last 25 years have been a blur just because of that. You get caught up in, uh, in the opportunities that happen, just like being a musician where you get a call and, you know, it's like show up here and you, you know, um, so it's it's interesting that I have a company. It's very interesting that this has happened. But um, I think the thing that's made it successful is it's not just me running around going, okay, here's my vision, and uh, now I'm going to do it. Here I'm, I start putting all the pieces together. It's uh, taking advantage of the movement and the energy that's happening around me and uh, letting that propel the business letting that propel like each person that comes on, they're helping out each other because the energy each one of them puts into their project uh, reflects on the next record and the last record and the next one coming up. So you've just got this wave. So uh, anyway, the uh, original business model that I set up at the beginning is exactly the same as what I have now. For some reason, it worked. Um, it continues to work. I'm not rich, but you know, I can, uh, I can continue it and, uh, we can keep putting out good music and uh, it's got an energy to it and it's got a movement and, and that all continues. I, I think it's, uh, it's so great. The, um, uh, the structure of the model that you have, um, in that you're able to provide pieces of the puzzle that so many of us um, are, it's just not our area. And, you know, some, some of those pieces are promotion, you know, how do you get things played on a radio? How do you get knowledge that it's out there? How do you design a cover that is uh, appealing in the appropriate way? Uh, these days, how do you get things onto the streaming services in a way that is, uh, is correct? So can, can you, uh, for, for those people that, um, 
don't know all of what the label does. Can you take us through a little bit of like what a, uh, what a typical, uh, the process of a typical project, uh, what the artist has to do and what it is that you do? Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, going back, I think, uh, you know, like, I think most musicians already have, uh, they already know everything I know. It's just they haven't uh, spent time uh, obsessing on certain things and they're focusing on what they're interested in. And uh, you know how musicians go into different, um, uh, you know, some musicians end up being great. Uh, they do weddings and bar mitzvahs and they just have just generated a thing there and their machines or others become studio artists or, you know, every artist like finds their little path, but um, all of the little elements that go into their day-to-day -day thing, uh, it's just, that's what I'm doing, are those little things like uh, promotion, um, you know, to, knowing that you have to put uh, a promo packet together. Every musician has to do that. I'm doing it in the, uh, in the, in the realm of making a record and putting it through that process. So, Basically, all I'm doing is taking this certain skill set and, and, uh, and I've made that a centerpiece. And most artists, uh, the nice thing is they don't have to think about it as much if there are a few people like me around who can direct that. Just like when I'm trying to get uh, gigs going or something, um, I'm not good at hustling gigs, but I've got friends who are. So I can just kind of look to them to direct me in certain aspects. So that's the way, kind of the way I think about what I'm doing. But um, so basically I got together with uh, one of my old drum students uh, in mid nineties, who he started doing web stuff at the beginning of the internet. And uh, I was working on covers at the beginning of uh, moving to computers and being able to output digital files as opposed to doing film and laying out all sorts of stuff. So we had these uh, couple of skill sets that most people didn't have, and we had it together. So um, being able to set up people early on with uh, production of CDs and, uh, and, and website stuff and getting into the, just the digital stream of things, that was the, a major thing. And then I had to kind of, um, take what I all, already knew from putting out records before, hooking up distribution, getting a distribution company that would get us into Tower Records and Virgin Megastores and into Japan and Europe and everything. So it's, uh, so that's what I've been spending 25 years on is uh, developing the, repu the, um, the relationships with distributors and with um, sales reps amongst that. And then the promotional side, which is uh, coming up with um, database of radio and press and uh, licensing operations. And, and now, of course, internet radio and digital uh, outlets and all that kind of stuff. So that's a continual thing is um, building that, uh, that uh, you know, community, that relationship of uh, promo and sales force and all of that kind of thing. So uh, that's the main gist of it is just that record label thing. But then uh, what I also spend a lot of time on is um, 
just um, talking about uh, uh, so digital, what does that mean to me? Like certain artists will come on and go, I want to be on Spotify is my bottom line. So that'll be, I'll have to talk about, well, Spotify's fine. Uh, I wouldn't put my expectations there. Where somebody else will come and say, I only want to do CDs. I do not want to get into Spotify. And then I have to say, well, actually Spotify has this for you. And so uh, there's a lot of consultation. There's talking about um, all of that stuff with copyright law and um, just uh, timing and just all the stuff that goes into putting out records. But um, the nice thing for us and this situation is uh, they're getting this consultation from another musician who's trying to look at it from like, how do I get the most as a musician out of all this? as opposed to if they were with a record label where it's somebody who's making a lot of money, who's trying to make money off of selling records, their interests are different than mine as far as, you know, you and what your career goes like and how that relates to my career. It's a, it's a different thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it sure does. And, and you know, I've had personal experience with you. Um, done a, uh, I've had you handle a couple of my own records and several of my colleagues have had you handle uh, their records. And, you know, I can personally attest to um, just the, uh, the enormous value added that you brought to the process. Um, you have become an expert in areas that I'm not an expert in, you know, uh, in terms of uh, mostly how to promote and how to make this package look uh, attractive. And um, it was uh, a real eye-opener for me. I had done several projects uh, before I met you and uh, had, you know, whatever success I had with those. And then the ones that I had you handled, boy, there was a, there was a whole avenue of exposure, if, uh, if nothing else, uh, worldwide exposure. Uh, we used to get emails from people who, you know, heard the record in France or in Switzerland or Spain or something like that. And it was, wow, John got this out there. Um, and I think you did for me and my colleagues, the thing that we're always hoping for is, is that, you know, we have a belief in our music, but we can't get it in front of people who might appreciate it. And yeah. I think yeah. that, that was, that's one of the really great things I love about your, your company is, is that, you know, you're not trying to get a jazz record played on a pop station. You're trying to get, if it's a jazz record, you're sending it to the appropriate people who will appreciate that record. And the same with the classical uh, end of things. Indeed. Well, that's part of the thing, too, is um, th the way I'm thinking about it, like uh, uh, compared to like regular uh, record labels, where usually you have a person coming in who has a particular interest, like they really like mainstream jazz, or they really like smooth jazz, or they really like out music. And so they uh, create this label around their interests and, uh, and it's like their investments. So they're trying to make their money back and they're trying to deliver this product. And for me, it's always been, um, I, I mean, I like to be surprised. I like uh, a variation. I like uh, lots of different people and different, I mean, that's the way I built my career was doing um, a wide array of gigs. And uh, that was exciting, that's fun. And it's, and the uh, mix of people that you, 
um, come to through all of that is uh, is uh, entertaining, you know, it keeps things interesting. So uh, part of the thing of the label that I wanted to develop was being able to take uh, this array of artists and these array of, uh, of projects and um, and and build up this relationship with radio and press where I could send them anything. It could be uh, right in their wheelhouse. It could be that mainstream thing. It could be a big band. It could be a solo bass player playing completely out. Um, uh, and the thing would be is they would know to expect to be surprised. They would know that uh, the person that's making the music has an audience, has a uh, has a thing, is a you know is a force within themselves. They're not going to get it from any other label. Um, uh, there, there's going to be this certain energy to it, and um, so uh, I don't know what I'm getting to exactly <laughs> entirely, but the point would be uh, working off the uh, the the strengths of each artist that comes along and trying to build a uh, infrastructure where each one of them can shine the most that they can shine. And, uh, and that's been kind of the thing with the label all these years is like developing, th developing that and uh, seeing where it goes. And so far, like over 25 years, we've got these uh, media friends who just love that aspect of it. And uh, sometimes I'm shocked at what gets played on the radio will send certain things and I'm shocked to see that it got covered. But they're in the mood of, of taking those things that don't necessarily fit their thing, but because they like what we've done and they, and they like this, uh, you know, this thing we deliver to them, they play along. What, what are the, um, what are the elements of a, um, a, a project that uh, contribute to, it getting noticed are there are there things that are similar among projects that um end up um getting noticed by radio usually it's uh it's you know there's a there no it's you can never tell it's like certain things there's probably uh, uh out of our 700 records there's probably 10 of them where i could have said Oh, this one's going to do well. And it's a combination of, you know, it's a person that has been around, who's done a lot. Uh, people know who it is. Um, so that usually is like the, the best definer. It's like, okay, people know who it is and they can go, oh, okay, I'll give this a chance. I'll put it on. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but I mean, we've had just dozens and dozens of things where I would have never guessed would have never guessed like i just saw the uh top uh our top well, i get our top spins on digital um every week and i'm looking up there and like our number three record out of uh 700 again um is a record that came out 20 years ago oh. and it was just a small little thing that this guy did just a just a record he just played tunes he just played music and it just resonated for some reason and there it is number three on spotify on our out of all of our records and uh you know you can't you can't figure that out it's just uh magic that's the magic of the making music and sharing you never know what's going to resonate yeah 
Well, it's, it's, I know both for myself and, and many of my colleagues, who are especially the ones that write, um, you know, there's, a, there's some kind of internal impetus to um, get it produced or recorded in a way that it, it can be shared. And uh, although the artist might love what he or she is doing, we really have no idea whether even one other person is going to relate to this. We yeah. just don't know. Yeah, none of us do. That's the, I mean, that's what I uh, was up against, you know, my whole life playing music. You know, you never know if what you're doing is worth anything. Right. And uh, you just, uh, I always counted on if I got, you know, another phone call to play. Uh, so today I'm worth something, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And then if I decide to make a record, I'm certainly not going to be running around trying to go to clubs and go, hey man, this, here, here check this out you know or try to get radio airplay but um i mean that's part of the thing of building this uh building this thing you know it's got its own reputation now it did it, it it's a it's above all of us you know we're just kind of all scuffling around but we've got this entity now that can uh do all of our all of that business for us you know it can it's got a reputation it's got a sound it's got a look and um so we just have to feed into that and uh and and you know we can get our stuff played it's nice if if you had to, to speak to uh if there's somebody out there that is thinking of at the stage that they're they're thinking they would like to make a recording of either their material or their adaptations of somebody else's material or something. Uh, do you have recommendations for what they ought to do in order to maximize the potential for success of that project? Well, the, uh, the beauty and the pain of now is that uh, it doesn't really matter. The, the industry is so bleak yeah. as an industry um that it's actually kind of nice because you can do anything you want and you will probably have the same amount of success as if you really try to make it fit this thing that you think somebody wants so um i think there's a lot to be said for just uh uh being who you are and just create who you are and uh you know you never know what's gonna click with people and um and I think that can be the great surprise in all of this is that, um, you know, you can just be who you are, just create what you want and what you hear. And, uh, and you never know. Um, I've seen a lot of projects that spent way too much money trying to be something that they weren't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, three months later, they've got a bunch of CDs sitting around and there's a lot of disappointment and, and dashed expectations. So, um, I think just be who you are. Just make your music. It's, it's great advice. I, I, what I try to tell myself and other people I talk to about this project is try to remember when you first started, you know, mm -hmm. before there was money or fame or anything, which when you first started, what, what, what was your impulse then? And try to reconnect with, with that and bring that into the professional world in some way. Uh, and uh, so funny that you should say that I just flashed on this this morning. Uh, when I was in the third grade, I was I had a little snare drum and a little cymbal. And um, uh, I was doing some playing with friends that was just 
utter crap, you know, obviously. But um, there was a friend of mine in school, Stanley Garrison, who played a little guitar, and he was going to play a uh, a little school assembly thing, and he was going to play the tune uh, "Love Is Blue," and um, I thought I should be able to play with him. But he had this other friend who played the gig, and it just, just like. Uh, uh, I mean, it's like a one of those lessons that I still carry that just that like that stupid story follows me around to this day. It's like, uh, ah, you have to be involved. You have to be hanging out with Stanley or whoever, and you have to show up and play and and become a part of that little scene um, or else you don't get to play Love is Blue in front of the school, you know, so uh, uh, show up. And so that's kind of been my thing ever since then is like uh, leave the house, show up, be a part, uh, and then see what happens. That's, that's, that's a fabulous story. I'm in third grade and it's still with you. And you have yeah. made it, it made a hell of an impression on you, right? Yeah. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And you, and you drew the correct conclusions. I mean, even as a, as a little kid, you said, oh, this is, this is why that didn't go my way, and this is what I have to do to correct that situation. That's really I have a feeling my first impression was different than that, maybe more primitive. You know, like, <laughs> of course. But, uh, yeah. but uh, I figured it out at some point. Yeah, yeah that's really great. Do um, uh, dear artists, uh, do they communicate or network with each other? Do you find uh, uh, people who didn't oh, yeah, know yeah. each other? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of started just the fact that, you know, when I started the whole thing, it was friends coming to me and musicians I already knew. So you've got to already have this network of, you know, a hundred musicians who have all know each other and all kind of interact. And as everything's grown from there, it's almost exclusively been word of mouth. Um, like we'll get um we got a, a guy from chicago came on and did a uh, a record and then like all of a sudden we get another guy from chicago and then another and it's just this uh network of people going oh oh you got a new project you should probably so now we've got uh like 50 artists from chicago yeah. so there's this network that's just built and uh that's been a really cool thing the way that's uh kind of you know fanned out you've got this lattice work of you know across the country it's uh it's uh, i i enjoy that and uh so yes there's lots of interaction wow wow uh you know you, you and i have a, a few things in common and one of them is in addition to being uh, uh, musicians who've spent an enormous part of our lives trying to hone our craft, uh, we're also entrepreneurs. And uh, we have another part of our brain that works in a different way. Uh, do you think uh, at all about how these two areas uh, of your brain work together or differently and why they do and that kind of thing? Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, th I think 
I mean, any musician is uh, by definition an entrepreneur, you know, you're in business for yourself, you're, uh, you're handling everything, you're, you know, you're um, even on the most basic level, you know, you're showing up, you're networking, you're, uh, you're booking gigs, you're putting together promotion, you're uh, contacting uh, venues, you're dealing with uh, really rich people at country clubs, you're dealing with with uh, other people who have absolutely nothing and you're figuring out how to uh, work with each one of them. And um, I mean, it's, that's what we do. That's what we are. The fact that, um, you know, a lot of us go into teaching. So there's like, uh, ah, so you're an entrepreneur, musician, educator. And then uh, we keep adding slashes after that where, you know, like uh, I also do, uh, you know, websites and stuff. So slash that. And uh, I think for us, we found something that, um, you know, that that's got that more traditional level of like, ah, entrepreneur, ah, business owner kind of thing. But um, I think it's already in all of us. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, that's going to be the fun thing to watch is like going through college with a bunch of uh, friends who were all just, you know, knucklehead musicians trying to get by, do things. And you watch them each find their little path and, uh, uh, you know, just some ridiculous success in different things. And uh, I think because you're, you're already doing all that stuff, you know, like I can't imagine another uh, pathway that a person could take where they're, uh, where they do have to have so many little skill sets whether they know they have them or not, you know, and I think, uh, you know, we lucked out because we had something that was actually like, ah, this can be a job, this can be a business, this can, I can, you know, become semi-reputable by doing this particular aspect of my uh, music career. Mm -hmm. So um, I like to see, uh, like, uh, I like to see other musicians do that kind of thing. And, and, and I'm always like pushing for somebody if they've, I mean, if it's obvious they have this little talent, but they haven't quite figured out their path. Um, I mean, that's one of the little things I've got in my system for my family. It's like, uh, well, you know what you should do? There's that little thing inside. You know what you should do is, and, uh, so it's nice to see when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, another thing uh, that is uh, that you and I have in common is we offer um, expertise to people to help them, but it is something they could do themselves if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, from my end of things as an investment advisor, I mean, anybody can you know open up a brokerage account and put some money in it and invest their money. Um, uh, and in your situation, other people can record their own music and there are plenty of places to get CDs printed and then you can, you know, search on the internet, where do I send it and do that kind of thing. And yet, um, I think you and I have both found um, a a very rewarding uh, path here to develop and spend a lot of time figuring out how to do this in a way that's going to be better than most people can do by themselves. If for no other reason, then we spend a lot of time figuring it out. Whereas somebody who's doing it for the first time, well, they just haven't spent that time. Uh, so, yeah, indeed. Well, and I like, uh, too, like the, that you have made your thing 
it seems like you uh, have a focus on a lot of like the same thing I think about, which is uh, my friends and colleagues in music yeah. and where you see where the need is. And, yeah. and it's like a part of building up our community, you know, yeah. and um, I, you know, I do see musicians who develop their skill sets and uh, then they'll go off to Amazon and get into IT and, um, you know, go to the dark side. That's yeah. what we could say yeah. with their abilities. And it's nice to see musicians who uh, who have developed those things and then bring it back to this community and, and help to raise the, uh, you know, thing for everybody. Yeah. We had a, uh, I did a great interview um, a couple of months ago with uh, Melissa Walker, who is uh, Christian McBride's wife. Mm -hmm. She founded an organization back in New Jersey called Jazz House Kids. Yeah, it's and great. She, she's a very strong performer, very strong singer, had, has a you know, terrific career. But she found this, you know, there's a real need for high quality jazz education, uh, very, very specific field, and built this thing and uh, boy, she, she shared some of the videos that she's got of these classes with these kids. And you know, these kids are like 13 years old or something, and they're just killing it. Not so much because they're necessarily more talented than the next guy in the next town over, but she's provided an environment where they've got, you know, Chikoria comes in and talks to them, or you know, Christian comes in and you know, they got the real the real deal guy showing them. No, this is how you do this, and yeah, they get real results. And I think she's had that. That's been going eighteen years or twenty years or something. So. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, I think there's so many things like that because uh, uh, yeah, I just think of people I know who are doing uh, things like that, which are just great. And, you know, but there's no, um, real, we don't have like a central clearinghouse where it's like, ah, oh, I see, I see the, what's going on out there. It's yeah. like, uh, you just see these individual things of people doing just, you know, uh, outstanding work, but, um, yeah, it'd be nice if there was some, uh, uh larger infrastructure that, that, that shares that story on a, bigger level you know you think about things like uh, uh, billboard magazine or certain things that have their little skill set or their interests and it's all very particular but it uh, we don't really have anything that tells the whole story about those things yeah. and that can be inspiring for other people coming up realizing oh, okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a complete living being a guitar player but maybe I can do this other thing that yeah yeah I don't know you know, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, the jazz side of things here. Uh, you also have a, a classical label. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, how that works and, and uh, what's, what that's like? Well, yeah, that, uh, I mean, it goes back to that thing again of just uh, opportunity presenting itself. And it's like, uh, oh, that makes sense. That could work. Um, let's do something with that. In, the, in this instance, we had... Um, Chris Walden, who's in LA, uh, a great writer for film and TV. And um, and he, uh, oh, it was during the strike down there, uh, the uh, actor strike or whatever it was, but a few years ago. Um, so he was had no work to do, so he decided to go ahead and write a symphony instead of writing big band music and doing, you know, the stuff he was usually doing. So he decided to write a symphony and went into Capitol Studios and recorded an orchestra playing his thing. And then he uh, asked if, um, you know, there was any way to do like a classical record. 
and it, and it was just thinking, you know, our, our main outlet for promotion and everything is our NPR stations, college stations. They're either jazz or classical or world music or a combination of all the above. So um, just not a huge step to go, okay, we've got distribution in place already. We've got uh, media outlets and uh, all of that, basically, you know. Um, so yes, let's start a label. Uh, so I make a logo. I design a logo and then we have a classical label. And, um, and I think we've got 25 or something releases now. And, uh, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, you start off with a, uh, uh, it ended up getting two Grammy nominations for uh, Chris's thing. Um, you start off with this big, you know, like uh, uh, kind of, you know, something that would cost a lot of money and, a, and would take a huge infrastructure to put together. And uh, and because we work the way we do, it's all very feasible and all very possible. And so we do that. And uh, then to watch how that label kind of develops and how it finds its way, it's uh, all very entertaining. It's like the uh, same thing as the jazz label. You have this wide breadth of music and um and uh, these new uh, NPR radio people or writers that um, I'll get notes from, it's, you know, going, wow, what an interesting bunch of music. What a, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that. And then we ended up in the last couple of years, I, um, there, was a, um, there was a Cuban quattro player in Seattle um, who's got this great band and so they were they did a uh, a thing that they were trying to figure out how to get out and you know and uh, just wondering if there's any way we could work together so um anyway and that was kind of the same thing it's like well okay origin world records and make a little logo and then we create this new thing and so now we've got uh, you know five or ten records there that go from uh, Argentine tango to you know Cuban music or wow. some very esoteric stuff, but um, uh, one that just uh, came out and there it is. It's getting played on jazz radio. It's getting played on classical music stations. So uh, these DJs, this network we've got, are all ready for that stuff. They go, ah, interesting. I'll play it. Nice, nice. It's almost like uh, the way I. I imagine the record business may have been 60 or 70 years ago before yeah. it became such a huge juggernaut that it gets specialized in corporate and that kind of thing that it was about, well, we don't know what this is going to do, but let's make it and send it out and see what happens. Yeah, right, right. Can you imagine? Yeah, like uh, knowing you're not going to make money off the first three or five records from an artist, yet you still do it, still do it. Yeah. Uh, the way they used to. Uh, and how that is no longer exists at all. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think basically we have that same model, except uh, we've just changed it to where I kind of let the artists curate themselves. It's not me telling them what to play. And then my job is to make the uh, records fit together in, in, a, in a flow so that it makes sense for, you know, press and radio. Wow. All works. 
It's it's a fabulous thing that you're doing, John, and, and it's uh, I don't I don't see it being done anywhere else, and, or if it's being done, it's it's not being done to anywhere near the the level of refinement and care that uh, that you're taking to do this. It's well, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's when I when I when I'm doing it, I just feel like you know I'm just trying to keep up, uh, you know, just like playing music, you're just trying to not look stupid. Yeah. But then when I sit back and look at it, I can. Uh, I can see that it's a very particular thing that uh, uh, I, I can't imagine most, I can't imagine many situations where it could be replicated, Yeah. Um, this kind of situation. So, um, so I take, you know, the role and responsibility seriously of trying to make sure that that uh, keeps flying, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's just fabulous to chat with you about this, and and like I said, I've had I've had personally, you know, really remarkable success with, uh, with with having you help me with my projects, and and many of my colleagues have, and it's just all kind of a word of mouth, you know, how I heard about you from a colleague you were doing a record, and I said, yeah, yeah. you know, you just ought to check out John. He's got this this thing in place here that just really reasonably priced. It seems to work. And uh, I think from the research that I did uh, when I first got together with you is, is that um, from a, a, a dollar standpoint and a time standpoint, I, I, I couldn't figure out how I could even do it for what you were charging. It was yeah, you like can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. And that's, uh, I mean, that's something that I also, uh, I, I go back and I, I research all of that too, all the time, which is go back and how much does it cost for somebody? I mean, you're going to make your record no matter what you're, you're on that track. So how much is it going to cost you to do it? Uh, minimum. And it's like, uh, that's how much I charge. So the thing is, um, I have to make that work, uh, uh, and within my thing. And so that's, that's the way I took it was like, uh, you know, I, I don't want people to have uh, weird expectations about what's going to happen with me. I don't like letting people down. I also don't want, uh, I, I like to have the, just the best possible scenario of like, uh, I'm not getting ripped off. I, 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 I think I got more out of this than I thought I would get. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want that to be the ongoing thing. Each one of those things as you go along, you know, it's like, I want more than what I paid. I want, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what I want artists to walk away with. And I think that in turn uh, engenders uh, support, loyalty, just this, you know, goodwill that I think carries the label. Yeah. Well, it, it, it certainly does um, from my end here and what I've seen, uh, how you've been able to help uh, my colleagues. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage uh, anyone watching this that's, uh, that either has a project or is thinking about doing a project to, um, to look into what John has to offer. We'll, we'll put up on the screen um, uh, John's contact information, how you can get a hold of him. And... Uh, you know, I'm sure he would be happy to chat with you about what he could do for you and, you know, what, what to expect and all of that kind of thing. So we'd, we'd encourage you to, to do that. Um, just, I mean, we just have a few minutes left here. All right. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? I mean, where do you have any, 
um, new directions uh, beyond, uh, you mentioned three, you have the jazz label, classical label, and world label. Are you, uh, are you planning on, on any other areas to get into? Isn't that enough, Tom? Isn't that enough? <laughs> it is enough. It's, any one of those is actually more than enough. I'm, I'm actually surprised you have more than one because I would think that that would be, uh, uh, you'd be plenty busy. Well, I'm I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing uh, processes, so uh, I I I try not to. I don't want to get overwhelmed with everything, so I try to put everything into little boxes. But uh, no, the future. I mean, it's like uh, opportunity. It's like whenever there's something presents itself, um, you kind of look at it and go, "Is this going to uh, work? Is this going to be a burden? Is this going to uh, help? And usually I'll, I'll, I'll stick my toe in and give things a try. I mean, that's how we ended up doing our jazz festival. There were a few years that we published a jazz magazine every month. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, you figure out uh, how those things fit in over time, you know, and whether it's a, a thing to keep carrying on. But um, from that, it's like right now I've been uh, helping out some other musicians who wanted to start labels that didn't fit into our realm. Ah. Um, I could help them by doing sub-distributor sub, uh, um, situations. So I can help them get their businesses together with their labels and then do distribution, that kind of thing. So... Uh, Anyway, just whatever comes up, we figure out, talk about it, and see if, if it's an angle. And uh, so I don't know what I'll be doing five years from now. I love it's that approach. That. I love that approach. Anybody that can tell me what they're going to be doing five years from now, I don't believe them anyway. I don't trust them. Yeah, I don't trust them. Right. <laughs> well, John, thanks, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today about uh, your origin record label. And uh, we wish you uh, continued success with, uh, with all future projects here. And uh, once again, we, uh, I'm going to encourage anybody watching to, uh, if they've got even the slightest inclination to be able to produce their own music and get it out in the world, um, I really recommend that you contact John and uh, see if there's a good fit, um, because I, I, I think you'd be very happy um, with, uh, with his service. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, you're very welcome, John, and uh, best of luck in the future here. And uh, I look forward to, uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up chat uh, six or eight months from now uh, to see what else is Sounds going good. on. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm sure I'll be sitting right here. So, <laughs> Well, hopefully as we get out of the pandemic and, you know, we're all back to um, some more live playing and that kind of thing, um, it'd be nice to connect with you again and uh, see, what's, see what's going on from there. Can't wait. All right. Thanks Great again, stuff. John. My pleasure, and uh, um, we look forward to the next one. Very good, very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, that's it for today's episode with John Bishop of Origin Records. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you'll come back for more. We've got some great guests lined up for future episodes, and we'll be sure to let you know when they're available. Thanks again for watching.